One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A quiz of ice and fire. Hello and welcome to Radio Westeros. I'm Lady Guinevere. And I'm Yoke Boy, and introducing our very special guest, Tara, one of the organisers of Ice and Firecon, the fan-run convention themed around A Song of Ice and Fire and HBO's Game of Thrones, which is now in its sixth year. Hi guys, thank you for having me on the show, really excited to be here. Yeah, we're very happy to have you. And welcome to our Quiz of Ice and Fire, and welcome to you listeners back again. Remember, these quizzes are bonus episodes, meaning there is no patron charge. This is just a quick and fun way for us to provide a little bit extra ice and fire entertainment. And so a quick thank you to all of our patrons, without whom there simply wouldn't be bonus episodes. So thank you guys for the support. And today the theme is houses. Today's quiz will pose questions about some of the many houses of Westeros, from sigils to great deeds. And so you can play at home, alone or with others. We think this is a great way to brush up on little details you may have forgotten. And so before we begin, let's have a quick chat with Tara about the very special Ice and Fire Con... And, by the way, our very own Lady Gwyn is a confirmed attendee. Yeah, we are, we're so excited to have uh, you guys actually coming to the convention, repping uh, this year. I think it's going to be a really good time. It's uh, April 27th through the 29th are our official dates. Uh, but this year, we eventually we're going to start having it span over the official dates will actually span over Thursday to Sunday instead of just Friday to Sunday. Um, and I'd say that we really should have changed our date information for this year because we do have Thursday programming. So the sort of unofficial, but we really think you should make it Thursday night, uh, start date is April 26th. Um, and we're at Deer Creek Lodge in uh, Mount Sterling, Ohio this year. We were founded in Ohio and were there for our first three years. Then we moved to a bigger location in Virginia for a couple years and we outgrew that location as well. So we're really excited to be back in Ohio. Um, Deer Creek is it's in a state park and they've got a lot of cabins and rooms in the lodge and a lot bigger and better meeting space than our last location. So we're really excited to grow and be there for a couple years and keep the convention going. 
Yeah, well, I am very excited to be attending. I'm really looking forward to um, seeing Deer Creek, to uh, meeting you and um, a lot of other listeners and seeing some old friends and making some new ones. I will be there for the Thursday night programming. Yay! Uh, right through. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of things, cosplay panels uh i'm going to be sitting on the happy moments in game of thrones which will probably be the shortest panel in the history of panels uh (laughs) uh, no seriously that should be a good one and also um a militia panel uh i looking forward to the stage combat class as you know um karaoke the flea bottom fat on saturday night and, of course, the Radio Westeros meetup, uh, which should be taking place on the Saturday morning around 11. So lots of good stuff happening there. Uh, I know I, for one, can't wait. It sounds like a brilliant event. So certainly look into going if you think you can go. And really the perfect event for hardcore Song of Ice and Fire fans, which I know many of you are. And if you're thinking of going, you can use the code RADIO to get $5 off your tickets. Uh, Lady Gwyn hopes to see you there. Yes, I do. So we're going to get started with the quiz and go ahead and grab your pens and pencils if you want to keep track. Uh, We have 15 questions for you today and we're going to ask them one by one and then we'll circle back and give you the answers at the end. Uh, If you follow us on Facebook or Twitter or any social media, you can always let us know how you did there or comment on our website or on YouTube. Uh, Look for our post on Reddit and comment there. We make it real easy for you to let us know what you thought and how you did. So, good luck, and let's go to the first question. Okay, so question one. Which Stormlander houses current rulers lost daughters Ariane and Alisane as infants and son Galadon to drowning, leaving one remaining daughter who was well acquainted with her master at arms Goodwin. This house's sigil is quartered suns and moons. Do you know which house I'm talking about? All right, uh, question number two. Which house contains obvious reference to the Muppets in their history? And some of the Muppets that they reference are pretty well known. (laughs) I love that one. Uh, Question three. What Riverlands noble house is seated at Acorn Hall and has a member killed by a white bear at the Fist of the First Men? Yes, so... Which house has a member killed by a whited bear? Can you remember that? And question four. Which noble house from the Iron Isles, not regarded highly due to them being of thrall and salt wives stock, claim the house words, though all men do despise us? All right, question number five. Which northern house uses the sigil of a chained giant, which in hindsight, following the Red Wedding, seems almost prophetic due to the capture and imprisonment of their fiercest member at that wedding? And question six. Which house, boasting the blood of old Valyria, is associated with Driftmark and has a seahorse on their sigil? 
Yeah, so Driftmark and Seahorse Sigils, does it ring any, any bells for you listeners? And on to question seven. Which house linked to seashells play an unexpected yet very crucial role in the War of the Five Kings, particularly with the downfall of Rob Stark? Question eight is about my favorite uh, area in Westeros. Which Dornish house is the second most powerful after the ruling Martells? Okay, now question nine, back up to the Crownlands. Who's the ruling house at Claw Isle and boasts red crabs on their sigil? Yeah, so a house of red crabs. Do you know that one? And on to question 10. Which major house owe the right to their current seat, which is known even in a shy, to an Age of Heroes trickster who mysteriously winkled it from its owners using only his wits, seizing power over the seat and region? Question 11. Which primary noble house from the Westerlands uses a boar on their sigil? And question 12. In the Stormlands, there's a noble house called the Estremonts. Now, for half a point each, tell us both their sigil and their seat. Yeah, the sigil and the seat of the Estremonts for half a point each. And on to question 13. Which house, which we see originates within the main series, take on the sigil of a bloody spear? Question 14. Which house might you have difficulty finding members of, given that their seat moves? Oh, mysterious moving house. And our last question is question 15. Which Dornish house has a distinctive sigil containing a white sword and a falling star on a lavender background? And that was our 15 questions. And we'll be back with the answers right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah. 
welcome back. Now we're going to go through the answers to our house questions. Starting with question one, which you remember had to do with a Stormlander's house whose current family lost their daughters Ariane and Alisane as infants and a son called Galadon to drowning, leaving only one remaining daughter. And the answer was... Uh, House Tarth. And here is a quote. A daughter, Brienne's eyes filled with tears. Father deserves that. A daughter who could sing to him and grace his hall and bear him grandsons. He deserves a son, too, a strong and gallant son to bring honor to his name. Galadin drowned when I was four and he was eight, though, and Allison and Arian died still in the cradle. I'm the only child the gods let him keep, the freakish one, not fit to be a son or daughter. Yeah, some excellent insight into Bren of Tarth's house there. And on to question two. This was the one about the Muppets, which is quite amusing. Which house contains references to the Muppets in their history? And the answer is Lady Gwyn. Of course, it's House Tully. And in case you've missed this, House Tully features members called Kermit Tully, along with his father, Elmo, and great-grandfather, Grover. They were all added to the Song of Ice and Fire canon, officially, in the World Book. Um, Of course, all famous Muppets. George has planted references from Harry Potter and Wheel of Time within the canon as well, although uh, some felt that the Muppet homage was a little bit too much on the nose. All right, so question number three was, what Riverlands noble house has the seat Eggcorn Hall and has a member that was killed by a white bear at the Fist of the First Men? And the answer is House Smallwood. House Smallwood's seat at Acorn Hall turns out to be of logistical and tactical importance during the War of the Five Kings. As we learn, the Brotherhood Without Banners are being supported by offers of food and refuge. This is from A Storm of Swords in Aya. You best mount up, milady. It's a long day's ride to Acorn Hall, but at the end of it, we'll have a roof above our heads and a hot supper in our bellies. Okay, and just a little bit of uh, ice and fire con talk here. There is uh, one fellow fan, if we're keeping up with uh, cosplay plans, I know of who is planning to cosplay Arya at Acorn Hall. So come to ice and fire con and find out who that is. (laughs) I think if we have an Arya at Acorn Hall, we need to have a Lady Smallwood. (laughs) I I think we should. Any takers for that? (laughs) We'll put some we'll put some feelers out. Put some feelers <laughs> out. There we go. So question four was about this noble house from the Iron Isles. Um, apparently not regarded as highly noble because they come from Thrall and Saltwife stock. Uh, they have some of the worst house words in Westeros, though all men do despise us. In the answer, Tara? Uh, that would be House Cod. And I personally am not sure that though all men do despise us is really all that bad. I feel like it's kind of them taking a stand against the fact that they know that everybody dislikes them because they come from, you know, quote unquote, low stock. But uh, yeah, they, they do get a lot of, a lot of hate from their fellow Iron Island houses. Um, 
and and I mean, there's a quote about them: the sons of salt wives, the grandsons of thralls, the cods. Do you know their words? Though all men do despise us, Triss said, but if they catch you in those nets of theirs, you'll be as dead as if they had been dragon lords. So I I kind of feel like they are not as uh. I don't know. They they don't sit back and just let people talk crap. They they kind of they own it, I guess. A defiant house cod. And on to question five. This one was about a northern house that uses a sigil of a chain giant, which you can kind of see as almost prophetic due to what happens at the red wedding. Which house is this with the chain giant? Uh, of course, that's House Umber, and everybody's favorite member of House Umber is, well, maybe not everybody's, but um, certainly the most well-known member of House Umber is the Great John. And we have a quote here from a Storm of Swords. Merit Frey had cozened the huge Northmen into drinking enough wine to kill any three normal men, yet after Roslyn had been bedded, the Great John still managed to snatch the sword of the first man to accost him and break his arm in the snatching. It had taken eight of them to get him into chains, In the effort had left two men wounded, one dead, and poor old Sir Leslin Hay short half an ear. When he couldn't fight with his hands any longer, Umber had fought with his teeth. So, pretty impressive chained giant there. I don't I don't really know how anybody wouldn't like the Great John, and the rest of his family is a little bit questionable, <laughs> so I, I'd say yeah. I think it's pretty pretty solid that he's the favorite. Uh, so question six was about a house that boasts the blood of old Valeria and is associated with Driftmark. Their sigil has a seahorse on it. Which house is that? Okay, and the answer is House Valerian. The Valerians left Valeria before the Targaryens, settling on the island of Driftmark in the Narrow Sea. Named members include the Bastard of Driftmark, aka Orain Waters, whose Valerian looks were somewhat attractive to Cersei, who upjumped him to Grand Admiral. He eventually sailed off with her royal fleet, and we look forward to see what piratey antics Orain is getting up to in the Winds of Winter. Oh, Cersei, as usual, making the good decisions there. Now, on to question seven, or answer seven, had to do with the house linked to seashells, which played an unexpected yet crucial role in the War of the Five Kings. And the answer, Tara? That would be House Westerling. Uh, Obviously, Rob's marriage to Jane Westerling turned the tide because uh, the phrase wanted Rob to marry one of them. And as soon as he married another person, he had broken their deal, which they didn't take too well. And in Feast for Crows, we learn that Jane's mother, Sybil, had been complicit in a Lannister plan all along, probably trying to revive her house, which uh, was very proud, but didn't have much else going for it. And... She said, Your lord father promised me worthy marriages for Jane and her younger sister. Lords are heirs, he swore to me, not younger sons nor household knights. She said that to Jamie Lannister. Only at that point, of course, his father, Tywin, was gone. So 
don't really know is if they'll be getting what they expected out of that deal. And then the link to seashells comes from their sigil, which has six seashells on it. Okay, from the crack, now we head to Dawn. Question eight was about which Dornish house is the second most powerful after the Martells? And Lady Gwyn, what's the answer? And the answer is House Ironwood. The Ironwoods are an ancient first men family who built their seat Ironwood and controlled the Boneway and bore the title Wardens of the Stoneway, which is just a little bit confusing, but uh, they do control one of the main routes into Dorne. And here is a quote from Marianne in the Princess in the Tower chapter from Feast for Crows. The most powerful of the Dornish lords was Anders Ironwood, the Blood Royal, Lord of Ironwood and Warden of the Stoneway. But Ariane knew better than to look for help from the man who had fostered her brother, Quentin. All right. Uh, question number nine was about a house in the Crownlands. They rule at Claw Isle and have red crabs on their sigil. What house was that? Yeah, do you know it, listeners? And the answer is... House Celtigar. The Celtigars and Claw Isle come into focus following Blackwater. Lord Adrian Celtigar answered Stannis's call, yet switched to Joffrey when defeated. Axel Florent counsels Stannis to loot Claw Isle, which inspires a great oppositional monologue from Davos. I don't doubt Lord Celtigar bent the knee to the boy Joffrey. He is an old dun man who wants no more than to end his days in his castle, drinking his fine wine out of his jewelled cups. He turned back to Stannis. Yet he came when you called, sire, came with his ships and swords. He stood by you at Storm's End when Lord Renly came down on us, and his ships sailed up the Blackwater. His men fought for you, killed for you, burned for you. Claw Isle is weakly held, yes, held by women and children and old men. And why is that? Because their husbands and sons and fathers died on the Blackwater. That's why. Died at their oars or with swords in their hands, fighting beneath our banners. Yet Sir Axel proposes we swoop down on the homes they left behind to rape their widows and put their children to the sword. These small folk are no traitors. And Stannis is so impressed and refreshed by this great counsel from Davos, he unexpectedly rewards him. Then rise again, Davos Seaworth, and rise as Lord of the Rainwood, Admiral of the Narrow Sea, and Hand of the King. So the good man Davos saving the small folk of House Celtigar there. And on to question 10. Which major house owe the right to their current seat to an Age of Heroes trickster who mysteriously winkled it from its owners using his wits? Okay, uh, well, that house would be the Lannisters. And in A Game of Thrones, Ned opened the section on House Lannister once more and turned the pages slowly, hoping against hope that something would leap out at him. 
The Lannisters were an old family, tracing their descent back to Lan the Clever, a trickster from the Age of Heroes who was no doubt as legendary as Bran the Builder, though far more beloved of singers and tale-tellers. In the songs, Lan was the fellow who winkled the Casterlies out of Casterly Rock with no weapon but his wits and stole gold from the sun to brighten his curly hair. Ned wished he were here now to winkle the truth out of this damnable book. I, I, and I feel like there's a little bit of a reference to Tyrion in the land, the clever story, though perhaps uh, not so much stealing gold from the sun to brighten his nice curly hair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There is some Tyrion. And, it, and in, in its context, it kind of is one of the major clues that Joffrey is illegitimate with this golden hair, isn't it? And so on to question 11. Which primary noble house from the Westerlands use a boar upon their sigil? Lady Gwyn. That would be House Craycall. And the rule book tells us that the Craycalls claim their origin from Crake the Boar Killer, a figure from the Age of Heroes. The brindled boar sigil is often counted with the Lannister banners. And notable Craycalls include Lyle, known as Strongbore, a man Jamie reflects on as being one of the strongest men in Westeros, along with the Cleganes and the Great John. So uh, that's a pretty impressive company for Strongbore. All right, question number 12 was in the Stormlands, there's a noble house called the Estermonts, and for half a point each, tell us both their sigil and their seat. Okay, so the answers are, this sigil is a green sea turtle, so if you've got turtle, that, that'll do. And turtles are significant, being a favourite of George's, having named his pet turtles as knights, and made up stories about them when he was just a young child. And for the other half a point, the Estermont seat is greenstone. Jamie, Cersei and Robert spend a fortnight there and the former was so unimpressed he named it Green Shit. Incidentally, Cersei believes this to be where Joffrey was conceived in a moment of revenge after she realised Robert was being unfaithful on the trip. Okay, and of course we talked about Joffrey's uh, spiteful conception in our uh, Joffrey episode. It's strange and bizarre little triangle Jamie Cersei and Robert form there okay question 13 wondered which house which we see in the main series uh, take the sigil of a bloody spear Tara well it's not a house that lasted very long that would be house slint and all right, a quote about how Slint from a Sansa chapter, his cloak was checked black and gold satin. Two ugly boys who must have been his sons went before him, struggling with the weight of a heavy metal shield as tall as they were. For his sigil, he had taken a bloody spear, gold on a night black field. The sight of it raised goose prickles up and down Sansa's arms. And uh, again, how, how Slint only came about because Janos betrayed Eddard, he sided with... Littlefinger and the Lannisters, and Joffrey then up-jumped this butcher's son to Lord of Harrenhal, which did not make Tywin very happy. Yes, so the rise and fall of House Slint there and their bloody spear. And so on to question 14, which was the one about a house that you might have difficulty finding members of, given that we're told that their house seat moves. 
So which house claims this mysterious seat? That would be House Reed. And here is a quote from Storm of Swords uh, telling us about their seat. This is Rob speaking to Jason Malister. My lord, I need two of your longships to sail around the Cape of Eagles and up the neck to Greywater Watch. Lord Jason hesitated. A dozen streams drain the wet wood, all shallow, silty, and uncharted. I would not even call them rivers. The channels are ever drifting and changing. There are endless sandbars, deadfalls, and tangles of rotting trees. And Greywater Watch moves. How are my ships to find it? So we have here an apparent case of Howell's Moving Castle, which seems to be built upon moving cranogs. The tactical effectiveness of the Kranigmen really can't be overstated. They guard the neck, using guerrilla warfare to unnerve and weaken the enemy, as the Ironborn found out. And with Jojen and Mira's friendship with Bran growing since the Harvest Feast, House Reed continues to play a vital role in the books. And do you think we'll ever see uh, any other members of House Reed, particularly Howland or Greywater Watch itself? Well, we can hope. <laughs> Everybody wants to see Howland. Everyone wants yes. to see Howland. I would love it. I would love to see Greywater Watch. Um, I strongly suspect it's, uh, you know, the water that moves, not Greywater itself. But I would love to find some sort of explanation for what's going on there. All right. And the last question is which Dornish house have a distinctive sigil that contains a white sword and a falling star on a lavender background? And the answer is, and I think most of you will get this, House Dane, who are a really intriguing and mysterious house. I love them. The Dane sigil underlines the importance of the family sword to the house. Uniquely white, Dawn is said to be made from a fallen star and... The Dane chosen to wield it gets the title Sword of the Morning. Here's a quote from Ned. The finest knight I ever saw was Sir Arthur Dane, who fought with a blade called Dawn, forged from the heart of a fallen star. They called him the Sword of the Morning, and he would have killed me, but for Howland Reed. That's why we have to see Howland Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how Howland Reed bested Arthur Dane. Exactly. <laughs> One of the great mysteries of A Song of Ice and Fire. So, Tara, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Westeros. And best of luck with this upcoming Ice and Fire Con. Do you want to remind our listeners just one more time about how to find out details and purchase the tickets. Yes, yeah. So, um, again, our dates, our official dates are April 27th through the 29th, but kind of officially, unofficially, we start on Thursday, the 26th of April. It's at Deer Creek Lodge in Mount Sterling, Ohio. It's a, actually about an hour from the Columbus airport, so maybe 45 minutes. It's, it's not that far out in the country. And um, you can... Get all the details on our website, which is iceandfirecon.com, or via any of our social media, all of which is at iceandfirecon, all spelled out. And uh, right now, 
Tickets will be on sale through April 20th. We do not sell any tickets on site, so definitely get your tickets before April 20th. And again, if you're listening to Radio Westeros, don't forget to use their code RADIO for $5 off. Yeah, okay. I am really looking forward to being there myself. Uh, Can't wait to meet you in person, Tara. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you all listeners for joining us as well. Don't forget to shout out your scores to us on social media or our website or Reddit or wherever you normally find us. Uh, We look forward to hearing how you all did. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.